Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 42, Life, the Universe, and Everything. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome back if you're a returning listener, and welcome, welcome if you're new. Come on, shove it up everyone, let them sit down, grab a drink, settle in. How are you all? Those of you who you know, listening carefully might hear that I'm still, my voice is still not quite right. How many weeks is this now? Um, I've had another cold since I last podcasted, but since I never really cleared the chesty thing and the cough, then my voice is still liable to go all croaky and hoarse if I talk too much. Obviously a bit of a flaw when uh, you talk for a living, which is what I do, but there we are. Um, Never mind, the children are delightfully kind and considerate and uh, one of them even made me a lovely great big card um, the other week to say that she hoped my voice would be better soon how sweet was that my throat would be better soon I do I teach the most gorgeous children they are absolutely lovely Um, I'd like to say thank you very much for the feedback that I've had for the last episode the postcard from Manchester apologies after I'd edited it all together and came to make the show notes um you might well have heard a howl of anguish from wherever you are in the world. That howl was me discovering that my memory card from my camera, even though I had accessed it and done other stuff, um, had suddenly become corrupted. Unfortunately, I had been a bit of a dingbat and hadn't actually copied over the photographs that I needed, which is actually a real shame because there were also photographs from my little holiday um, up in the lakes that were also lost. I have one or two, but that's it. And that's a a bit of a problem um, for a future podcast episode. But, you know, I will adapt and overcome. (sighs) What a nightmare. But never mind. Anyway, I've really enjoyed the feedback that I've had. I've had a couple of people um, contact me with suggestions for the music in that. Um, No one's got it 100% right, but a few people have come really close. There are... A couple of easy mistakes to make due to incarnations of bands, should we put it that way? Um, I would like, though, anyone who has identified the final track, I would hate to think that you thought I was so achingly hip that I was into that band 20 years ago when they were first formed, but when nobody outside of a very select few people knew who they were. I am not that achingly hip I'm <laughs> really not I've been into that particular band for maybe five or six years so don't sit there and think I'm a cooler kid than than I really am <laughs> but it was really interesting somebody actually Raf messaged me with actually the instinctive memories that those tracks provoked for her which was absolutely fascinating I, I chose those tracks for reasons uh, I love them there were many more I could have chosen um but I I loved all of them um for various reasons and they all do 
generate memories. Not necessarily memories of Manchester, because at the time I wasn't living in Manchester. Um, they're just bands that are associated with Manchester. But it was interesting to, you know, I, I chose them all for a reason that they have a personal connection. And it was just really interesting um, and a privilege, actually, to be allowed to to share somebody else's very personal memories and, and recollections. So thank you very much to that person. Um, I won't name them because I haven't asked them if it's okay to do so, but it it was just really interesting and I really, really enjoyed them. I hope that if you have any ideas that you would contact me um, with a, a PM on Ravelry or email me um, at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com because, you know, I was half joking, but actually, no, I'm quite happy to... Uh, I'm quite happy to donate a skein of yarn if uh, anybody can hit all of the tracks on the head. Let's give you another couple of weeks. Let's give you until, what's today? In fact, no, let's give you till the end of March. Today is the 10th of March, so I'm going to give you another three weeks until the 31st of March. So anyone who gets them all right um, will either be a winner or will be put into a group of winners. If not, then the person with the most right and again, if it's an equal number, I will put it into a random number generator. Although if it's only a very small number, that random number generator could actually consist of slips of paper and my husband pulling them out at random. Um, you know, uh, but I'm always looking to rehome the gorgeousness that is in my stash that is fast becoming, as Green Triangle Girl would say, a pile of potential moth food. Talking of Green Triangle Girl, I have to say that I'm obviously very late to several parties. I'm just not up with it. I kind of get in my little groove and I catch up with a whole load of podcasts that I haven't listened to for ages. And then suddenly someone says something and I think, oh, who that? Oh, must check those out. And I just like to say that if you haven't gone and found the um, a playful day podcast yet please go and do so um the host is green triangle girl she's based in london and it's lovely to listen to her she's got a nice outlook on things she plans her podcast way better than i do and i love listening to her because her voice actually reminds me very much of a friend of mine so it's lovely to to listen to her she waved at me on twitter and i waved back and then thought hang on uh, a playful day haven't i heard of that haven't I heard of that? I think I've heard of that. Isn't that a podcast? Ooh, right. And checked her out. I also need to uh, check out another link that I made through Twitter, which is Venus Fuery, who hosts the Subway Knits podcast. She's based in Queens in New York. And again, I love listening to her. It's, it's really interesting. I've been sort of catching up on some, going right back to the start and trying to listen. And it's uh, I've just listened to the episode when she was talking about a Greek version of macaroni cheese um, and it was just lovely listening to her say the names of the cheeses with the proper pronunciation. Um, I think she comes from a Greek heritage so that was lovely. And the final one is a listener who um, popped a pin in my map a while ago and I caught up with um, her podcast and started listening. So again I've still got some to catch up with but that's Ruth over at the Counting Sheep podcast. So hello because I know... At, I know at least two of you listen. Hello. Hi, guys. Um, and if there's anyone on the, who listens to this podcast who doesn't listen to any of those, go and check them out. They're uh, really good. I'm really enjoying them. So, 
What's been happening here, craft-wise? Well, I haven't spun since I spoke to you last. Um, I have not done heaps of knitting. I've wound a lot of wool for my mum. I've managed to persuade my mum that she has enough knitting skills to make a wool sack cushion for me. So I sent her off last weekend. She came to stay with my dad and I sent her off last weekend with a pair of needles and a pattern and some yarn to make a nice, simple, um, stripy cushion. Sad to say, I also sent her off with a corker of a cold. Well, I don't know if it's me or if it was my husband, because my husband was even iller than I was last weekend. And he wasn't actually capable of really leaving the house, whereas I did go out, um, out and about, uh, took my parents out. He was really quite poorly, and uh, we sent her off with a cold, which wouldn't have been so bad had she not actually been due to have a cataract replacement this week. Oops. She had to cancel it. I don't think we're very popular. <laughs> She's been very generous in her um, forgiveness, very magnanimous. But you know how big I feel? Yeah. Yeah, that tiny. That tiny. Everyone had said to me, oh, could you not put them off having them come? But of course, we hadn't gone down to see them at the beginning of the month when we were due to go and see the Leonardo exhibition. And in the bad weather, and then it was around about the times of their birthdays, and they were quite keen to come up, and they were desperate to see the conservatory. So, you know, they came. And Hubby hadn't certainly hadn't developed the cold when they arrived on the Thursday, but when he came home from the Friday, oh, he was not well. So, the knitting I have done is I have finished the cushion for Woolsack that I started talking about, and I was a really, really, really bad podcaster, no cookie, last week, last time, because I forgot to tell you the pattern. I was knitting them, and I described, I think, that I was knitting small squares using garter stitch, knitting them diagonally and changing colour halfway through so that there were two colours on each square on most of them. But what I didn't tell you is that that pattern is based on the Tilting at Windmills pattern by Woolly Thoughts. I love Woolly Thoughts. I've mentioned them before. Um, blame them entirely for my yarn addiction. And it's a, a lovely pattern. I love it because you can just be totally random with how you assign the colours or you can put them together in um, a set pattern and so what I've done is I arranged the front of the cushion to look like a patchwork star again can't remember the name of it I did mean to look it up and I didn't so I've done that I have completed maybe half a dozen ten at a push rows on my damson I have one and a half, I mean I stopped halfway through, how terrible is that? But I was at the hairdresser's today and I was knitting and she needed to rinse the colour off so I had to stop halfway through and I haven't finished it. I'm one and a half rows away from the final three rows that make the loopy bit um, around the border. But oh, they are interminably long. And there's only just over 300 stitches so it's not, you know, it's going to be even worse when I do row 109 because I'm going to end up with like 500 odd stitches then. And then I'll have to cast them all off. I can feel me losing the will to live. Oh, woe is me. Never mind. Don't, don't pity me, please. 
I'm just, you know, having my own little pity party here. And I don't need it. I do love um, the colours of the yarn. But I still seem to have an awful lot left on the cone. So I'm a bit confused. Unless I do take loads on that loopy border. But I'm really, I really don't look like I've used anywhere near 400 yards. And I, the whole reason I'd gone down the needle size was so that I could fit it in the 400 yards because you're supposed to need 440 and now I look like I could have quite a lot left over so I'm not quite sure what to do with that but um never mind I have uh, a lovely listener who has already offered to uh, pop in and get me some more because <laughs> she goes past it on the bus um on her daily commute so how lovely is that thank you Orandina I may take you up on that simply so that I can have some more to uh, to to use it with. I don't know, because I don't know how much I'll have left. I don't know that I'll have anything enough to do anything with what is left. Um, although I suppose I could use it in Mrs. Beaton's. But anyway, it's it's looking really, really nice. But my heart is sinking about doing that loopy border. Because it took me a whole episode of White Heat, which is a new BBC drama... And half an episode of Upstairs Downstairs, just to do three rows last night. So that's an hour and a half, so that's clonking out about half an hour a row. Now, that was Friday night, and I was tired. And I certainly seemed to be going a bit speedier today when I was doing some in the hairdressers, but it still seemed like, oh, so long, so long. But never mind, anyway. Hopefully next time I podcast, I will have finished. Whether I'll have blocked it and pinned out every single little loop, yeah, that's another matter. But I'll have definitely finished it. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah, right. Me too. Never mind. Anyway, moving on. The final thing that I've just been doing this afternoon, which is why I've not podcasted to, uh, recorded this earlier is that I have been mucking around with my dyes. I suddenly realised that it is a week until the next guild meeting, and at the next guild meeting, I have to hand in anything that I am putting in the exhibition that travels around various points in our demonstrations over the summer. We normally have our first exhibition demonstration in May, but this year we've actually got some in April, and I'm going to be doing something for it, and... I need to really get that to the exhibition secretary on Saturday. And since the whole theme of the exhibition is circles linked with the Olympics, I thought, better get a wiggle on. So I have dyed some of the gorgeous sheepfold clotted cream. And I have also dyed some Blueface Lester fibre. I got from DT Crafts. So, so far, out, I'm looking out here through the conservatory window because it's cooling outside. I've got some royal blue that looks fairly intense and some lemon yellow. Mordeting, mordentinting. Uh, I've got two more lots of yarn and three more lots of fibre. The yarn is going to be red and green and then the fibre is going to be red and green and black. So that's the colours of the Olympic rings. Obviously it's those colours because those are those five colours 
are found in all the flags of the world. Not every flag has every colour, but every flag of every nation in the world has at least one of those colours in their flag. And so those were the the reason that they were chosen for the Olympic rings. What I'm planning to do with some of the yarn is I think I'm going to crochet some rings, see if I can interlock them. That's kind of what I have in mind, because that should should be able to crank that out quite quickly once the yarn is dry. Because, hey, today's Saturday, next Saturday I need to hand them in. Um, and then the fibre, if I have time to do something needle felted with it in little circles, I will. If not, then um, I'm going to, I'll use it in a felted cushion for wool sack. Um, I've also dyed 100 grams of the Blueface Lester fibre for spinning up to ply with the shunkleys. Although I don't know if it's not a little dark for what I want. But there's, I certainly haven't, it hasn't soaked up all the dye that was in the solution. So I could definitely dye some more and get it paler, I think. I need to actually go and do the others later on. <laughs> but never mind. The plan that I'm, I'm with the crocheting that I want to do, the crochet interlocking crocheted circles for the exhibition, four of the yarns are going to be, four of them are, are going to be ones that I've dyed myself. The fifth is going to be some... Um, gorgeous black mountain, black Welsh mountain, I think it's called, but it's really nice. Again, it's from um, Sheepfold. I just do, I do love their yarn. I really, really do love their yarn. And I have really, really just come to love working with the British yarns. It's just, you know, sometimes they're hairy, sometimes they're a bit scratchy. Um, the Jameson of Shetland that I've used for the tilting at windmills cushion is not massively soft but I'm hoping that when I've given it a good soak in soak and then pinned it out it will soften up because it should do but it's really nice so I've been playing around with the dyes today How's, how about that so it's all happening here anyway on to the review I decided today that I don't often um review this although I did review uh, a previous episode but this week lots of people were tweeting in excitement about the fact that the latest edition of Nitty was out issue 39 spring and summer 2012 so I thought I would do a review now what I've done um before I went to the hairdressers this morning I opened it up with the intention of actually looking and browsing at the patterns and making some notes on them what I ended up doing was looking down the side and saying oh look the Ashford Knitters Loom reviewed and I'm, I'm getting one. Shh, don't tell the hubby. You know, because obviously I have my big 32-inch loom, the rigid head loom, but I, I want a little portable one so that I can actually take it to Guild if I want to. And I've booked in for a couple of wool schools at Wonderwool Wales in April. Um, and... I need the 12-inch knitter's loom for that. So I thought, well, that would be great. You know, get the 12-inch to do very small things on, and then I've got the 32-inch to do big things on. So I ended up reading the review of that, which was really, really interesting. And then down at the bottom it said, we review yarn. Did you know? And I thought, no, I didn't know, actually, because I'm terrible for never reading the articles. In Nitty, I just... Someone 
talks about a pattern or somebody favorites something on Ravelry and I might go and then have a look. But I don't actually look at the magazine very often as a magazine. So it was really, really interesting. Um, there's a, an article here, what's yellow and bumpy. And this is, a, you know, a great, um, <laughs> it's just, you know, This is just Franklin Habit is his best because you sit there and think, I've just literally opened it up and I'm speechless because I've opened it up, I've not even looked at it. What's yellow and bumpy? Turns out to be a knitted pineapple. Yes, honestly. You know, it, it, it it's a knitted pineapple. It is a bag. It is a bag. Um, but it it's... There we are. It says, now you may never have considered knitting a purse in the shape of a pineapple, but in the mid-19th century, judging from the number of extant examples and the number of published patterns for making them, they were just the thing. The craze was only for pineapple bags, mind you, not for hand luggage knit in the shape of fruits generally. So there you go. And what Franklin has done is he has taken one of these Victorian patterns and it looks as if he has then... Um, yeah, it's 1840. He's obviously reworked it and um, updated it so that it can be knitted today. It's just, well, uh, 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 I'm kind of speechless. I, I really am kind of speechless. Partly because part of my brain is going, why? Why would you want a little, what looks like a drawstring bag in the shape of a pineapple, complete with pineapple leaves at the top. And the other half of me goes, oh my God, it really looks like a pineapple. <laughs> it really does look like a pineapple. So there you go. Um, Nitty issue 39 has rendered me speechless before I've even actually got past the first pattern. Because the first pattern I've ended up looking and clicking through to is the big, excuse my, um, excuse my language, the the uh, big damn pineapple bag. <laughs> so anyway, let's have a look and see what else we've got. Having actually twittered on about the interesting articles that I've enjoyed reading today already. What have we got? Now, the idea of spring and summer is obviously you're looking at the transition from colder weather to the warmer weather. So, you know, we're not looking at big um, garments here. We're looking at smaller ones. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six shawls. Uh, one of which is in the knitty spin. So that's designed for hand spun. That's called Boscobel. It's, uh, is that not actually Boscobel? Is that not somewhere um, in Devon? Oh, yes, here we are. Uh, in England, school children are taught of the famous Boscobel oak, a massive tree celebrated for saving the life of the future King Charles II, having hid him from the Roundhead Army during the English Civil War. Sorry, sweetheart, I hate to uh, disillusion you, but no, they're not. They're really not. <laughs> we have so many other things we have to do that we really don't have time to teach them about somebody going up a tree. Sorry, love. Um, oh, gosh, that sounds really horrible, doesn't it? I'm such a cow. I am such a cow. Um. 
God, get back in the knife drama shop. Um, maybe they do actually in secondary school, but we don't cover the um, English Civil War in the Key Stage 2 history curriculum anymore. So I suppose if you lived around the area of Boscobel, you might mention. Anyway, I detract from what is actually a beautiful leaf lace cobweb triangular shawl look at it yeah there's a lovely section it looks like there are um there's a plain body and then leaf lace at the end or you can have a version that's got lace all the way through if you wish um i think i prefer the sample that's got the the hand spun sample that's got the solid section and then the gorgeous leaf lace it is absolutely beautiful really really nice and bearing in mind that i seem to be seem to be getting towards the point where i am spinning this frog hair type stuff maybe i could do it maybe i could do it um she used yeah she used um 50 grams of well she says two ounces so that'd be around about 58 grams on it 60 grams of shetland top and spun it with a short draw worsted style and ended up with um 55 wraps per inch <laughs> 55 <laughs> 55 wraps per inch of a single ply so she spun a single and it says here finished yarn is uh, wraps per inch 55 and then amy singer has put in brackets editor's note yes really <laughs> which is no doubt why it looks so gauzy and is so gorgeous so absolutely gorgeous it's just beautiful i think i actually i think i really have a crush on this beautiful shawl i really do i want to i, I want to actually spin something that thin oh my god 55 wraps per inch that is frog hair absolute frog hair what am i gonna do right anyway so that's that we've got afternoon tea which is uh looks like it's a semi-circular uh yes yeah, it's a crescent shape so it's got a, a nice drape and it's it's got a, a bit of a nod to uh, elizabeth zimmerman's pie shawl um knit in sock weight so that's quite interesting and it's kind of got a mesh section so it looks at first glance as if it's almost crochet but it it won't be um madeira mantilla or would you pronounce that mantilla which has got an interesting article article um attached to it by donna truckenus i hope that's how you pronounce it um, what a tangled web we weave. Did lace knitting originate in Spain? So that's an interesting article. I've got time to read that now, obviously, whilst I'm recording this. But very interesting. So it's, yeah, it, it's really... Gosh, that doesn't even look like knitting. It, the lace work in that is just... Wow, that's quite stunning. That it, it's... It is. It looks like, almost like the bobbing lace that my mum makes. Um, this mantilla. So it's 
it's long and drapes around almost like a stole but there is shaping in it so it isn't like a it's it, there, there is more shaping to it than you'd find in a stole um, and then it's got a gorgeous band along the bottom with a stem with a leaf coming out either side that runs sideways along it but the the mesh part of it looks quite stunning let's just scroll down and see uh, Madeira mesh, yes, that's what she's calling it. It's Madeira mesh, which is quite, quite breathtaking. So that's that. Then, in terms of little garments, we've got a number of um, sleeveless tops or little cap sleeve tops. Um, Raindrop and Gemini look really quite cute. We've got a little short sleeve top called Meadow. So if we have uh, a look at that, that's got a patterned yoke and a little short sleeves so and it's made of cotton so I um, really quite like that that's very pretty um, I'm not it's kind of got a wide-ish not wide-ish neck but it's obviously it's not a close-fitting neck doesn't necessarily suit me that neck style a slightly wider round necked but it is done looks like it's done in the round so free, finish free design is described, so that looks rather nice. Very cool, actually. It does look good for for summer. There's another knitty spin pattern called Grande Plage, French for Great Beach. And that looks like a little chevron cardigan. So it's a solid yoke and little sleeves. And then chevron from the Empire line down. It's fastened with one button um, just underneath the bust. And there's little chevrons around the bottom of the sleeves as well. Gorgeous summer-looking cardigan. And I'm guessing the handspun is in the chevron part. Although, of course, it could be that she's spun all of it. Has she spun all of it? Oh, yes, I think possibly she has. Yes, because there's an undyed section as well, which would be that plain bit. So that the um, she's looking at making that out of a chain plied um, yarn with 22 wraps per inch, which is still, um, <laughs> you know, I don't seem to end up with that. You know, I seem to spin fairly thin, but even when I've when I've chain plied, I've certainly not come up with. 22 wraps per inch so I would need to spin that quite thin but I really like that cardigan too that's really nice because I'm just a bit of a sucker for chevron lace I really like chevron lace um, as a technique for under the bust in a cardigan so that's really pretty Grand Plage really would recommend that then we've got a peephole which is a meshy top that you know lacy um, front and it looks like a wrap top but it's not so it's designed to sort of look like that um, a mesh style top you'd obviously need to put that over a vest top um, unless you really were an exhibitionist although I suppose you could wear it over a bikini um, but that's quite interesting that's not something I think I'm likely to make though and then there's one called petal which is again a lacy cover up this one's vine lace and again little a line and small sleeves i really love these lacy cardigans i really need to do something in a, a finer weight than uh, the one that i have done flaming june is another 
um, cardigan. Again, A-line. This time with um, long sleeves and done in hemp, which, again, it's interesting. You know, it's it's moving away from the wools. It's all these different yarns that I don't really work with, actually, that much. It's designed by... Now, I think it's um, Cheryl Niamath. I hope that's how you say it. But it's the same person who did the uh, fetching mitts and uh, dashing mitts. So that's really nice. I'm not sure that I'd want to knit with hemp. But, you know, I suppose you could do it with linen, couldn't you? That would possibly give you a similar thing. And then in terms of socks, um, there are three pairs of socks. Uh, one called Tootsie, which is... Uh, two colours of sock yarn that literally is, you know, they do stripe. They look like they're done on very, very short stripes. Um, that's designed by Lara Neal, who, if I am right, is the presenter of the Math for Knitters podcast. Yep. Lara Neal is a knitting, designing, math diva podcaster who is determined to talk with each and every one of you on her show. There we go. So... Lara Neal's designed these socks with uh, a stripe. But then the legs have some kind of interesting... Is it a slip stitch pattern? No. Marmarino pattern stitch. There you go. You see all these fancy patterns that I've never heard of. But what it makes is quite visually interesting. The colours that she's chosen to, to work the samples with, which are tangerine and chocolate, actually... Um, look really nice together, but when I'm looking at the pattern on the ribs, this uh, pattern on the on the legs, kind of is slightly migraine inducing for me. But that's just that's just me me being picky. There's uh, oh god, I thought that said phlegm for a minute. Sorry, no, it's it's phloem, which is um, isn't that anatomically part of a plant? The xylem and the phloem isn't that something inside the thing that moves the fluids around or food around the plant right it is these cuff down socks were inspired by the structure and clean lines of leaves and buds in the spring the left and right socks mirror each other with a lace motif running down one side of the leg and a pattern of buds running down the other the gentle green color of the yarn is perfect for socks which take inspiration from the slow soft unfurling of foliage wow they do look gorgeous they're sort of all this quite complicated Leafy, lacy, look like, I don't know if they're real cables, mock cables. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't snooze knitting those socks. I don't think you could do it with TV knitting though either. And then there are some that I just absolutely love. They're little short socks um, called Crystal. And they've got an afterthought heel, but it's not a standard afterthought heel that's um, a wedge exactly the same way as a, a toe. It's got a heel called a Crystal well, she's called it a crystal heel, and it's got it's a swirl really. The afterthought heel isn't in a swirl, so we provide it with more room, so a better comfortable fit. There are colour work. There's different colour heels, toes, and cuff on these little short socks from the main part of the foot. But what there's also going is some um, chevrons in colour work where the two colours join. And what I, this is the one pattern I looked at this morning before I went out. And what I liked the idea of when I looked at it was the fact that 
she recommends that to get the stretchiness involved with the colour work, the stranded colour work section, that you change your needle size to knit that bit so that it's got that bit more give, which is an interesting idea that I've never thought about before. Um, I mean, I've never done stranded colour work on socks. Oh, yeah, no, I have. I made a pair of Ziggies, didn't I? Um, there isn't much give in them, I have to say, but I do like them. Once they're on, they're a really good snug fit, my Ziggies, but... Um, but I like these. These are kind of eye-catching. She's made two different socks. They don't, they're not a matching pair. And, of course, that kind of appeals to me because it's nice and quirky. I like that. Then, of course, there's the pineapple bag um, that Franklin Habit has done for you. And then Carousel, which is um, a really interesting idea. It is a pair of socks that are made from... A spiral so they wrap around your foot it's like a, a strip of uh, of yarn that's just wrapped around your foot like a bandage so i think the heathen housewife the heathen housewife who designed the the um sock yarn blanket that i am knitting on she designed a sweater that was a bit like this with this spiral going around that's an interesting construction however I would say there's not going to be... Oh, you'd have to have that right, wouldn't you? If you were wrapping a spiral around your foot to make it into a sock, you've got to get that... the sizing on that dead on. Because if, if there's too much... If, if it's slightly too big, it's just going to fall off, isn't it? And if it's slightly too... If it's slightly too small, the stretch is going to be in the wrong direction. It's not going to stretch to get over your foot, is it? Hmm. Interesting construction. But I'm not sure... I don't know. I'm not sure. I like it though as a construction. The uh, sample when you click through to the pattern is reds and oranges. And uh, <laughs> she, she, the poor girl says here, although it does not show in the pictures, these socks were photographed in a park on St. Bruno at minus 20 degrees Celsius during a particularly windy day. Needless to say that my face wore the same colours as my socks. Oh my Oh my, that's just, oh, that sounds just too cold. Too cold. Anyway, that's pretty much taken you through the patterns in this spring and summer 2012 edition of Knitty. There are some corkers and the one that I really want to knit, I want to knit that Boscobel. That gorgeous, gorgeous hand-spun cobweb weight. Right, <laughs> What do you reckon? Do you reckon I'm going to manage it? Handspun cobweb weight. Yes, I can hear you snorting as much as me. But never mind. So, that's Nitty. And that can be found at nitty.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes. Moving on to the something I really like. I'm sitting here and it is half past six on Saturday night. It's slightly cloudy. Although the cloud seems to be moving a bit. And I'm waiting. The sun is going down. But it's out of sight. However, I can see twinkling in front of me through the clouds that scud across it. The planet Venus. Of course, anyone who knows anything will know that I've just actually said something really crass. Because, of course, Venus does not twinkle. Because Venus is a planet. And because Venus is a planet, she shines steadily. No twinkling involved. Stars twinkle. Planets don't. 
and she is visible in the sky. Even though the sky is not yet dark, I can see her through soon. To the left of her and higher up. Yep, there she is. There is Jupiter. Oh, so fun cute. Honestly, it's like someone's just turned it on. It's just unbelievable. I'm sat here looking out of it through the conservatory roof. And just as I said it, literally, Jupiter has come into view. I'm going to just stop the recording and see if I can grab a photo of it. I don't know that I will, but I'll try. Right, sorry about that. I have taken a photo. I don't know how well it will come out, um, but I've taken a photo for you of Venus and Jupiter. I've just nipped out to the front and I can't see Mercury. It's very low on the horizon in the west um, and there's a whole load of cloud in front of it. It will be very, very faint anyway, so I don't know how well I'd be able to see it. But its position when I went out would have been just um, between some buildings and some trees, so I might just have been able to see it had there not been any cloud on there. Um, it's very, very low in the sky and it will actually set within the next 20 minutes, so its orbit is such that it's very low. Um, and unfortunately, there are, you know, <laughs> probably go behind the ambulance station quite quickly, um, which is quite near my house. But we, we hope it. I've gone and looked in the east as well. And although I should be able to see it, um, I can't because there's cloud. But Mars will be up already in the sky. This week, I've been able to stand on my front doorstep and turn and look to the east and see Mars and turn and look to the west and see Venus and Jupiter all with the naked eye. They are bright. The v uh, Venus is the brightest um, thing in the evening sky at the moment. It's brighter even than um, Sirius the dog star. And it's um, just... The planets don't twinkle, like I said before. Stars twinkle, the lights move, but the lights on planets don't. Um, they're steady and they shine steady. So they are... Um, easy to spot um, here in the the uh, in Britain at the moment. Mars is great to see in in the night sky because actually when you look at it, it's again a steady light, but it's not white like a star. It is orange, so you can spot it. It's absolutely fabulous. And today, um, if the conditions are right, um, you should be able to see at some point today in. The night sky here in Britain, you should be able to see five planets with the naked eye. Mercury, which, like I say, I can't see because there are some buildings in the way and some dark clouds. Um, Venus and Jupiter, which I have already seen. Mars, uh, when the, <laughs> the cloud clears, hopefully, but it doesn't look like it's clearing at the minute. I should be able to see Mars in the east. And then about 10 o'clock tonight, um, the... Uh, Saturn should rise in the east as well and that should be able to be spotted um, not far from the moon apparently. I am getting a bit of an astronomy anorak. <laughs> um, I always loved listening and, and looking at the stars and listening to the stories about the constellations when I was a child. I used to stand in the front garden with my dad and look at Orion and um, I just love that. And but that's a, a kind of all I've ever knew. I knew that you could see Venus because I knew she was called the Evening Star. Um, 
but that was it. I could identify Orion and I could identify the plough and I could identify Cassiopeia um, or Cassiopeia, as they call her. But it's just gorgeous um, now being able to identify some more things. And that's come about because last year when we were watching Stargazing Live with Brian Cox and Dara O'Brien, the gorgeous Professor Brian Cox. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone seems to swoon over him. I don't swoon over him, but I like his voice. But I've realised that what uh, what I thought was just his voice, I, I actually need something in the Wonders of the Universe or something recorded on tape so I can play it and then go to sleep because that's just gorgeous. I find his, his voice just lulls me into a real safety, sense of safety. I was so inspired by that, I, I happened to say to my husband that I really, really, really... Um, would like a telescope so I could be able to take some really good photographs through a telescope. He went and got me uh, a telescope for my birthday last year. <sighs> but he didn't... Oh, I love him to bits. But he didn't get me a child starter telescope, you know? Like one of the ones that you would imagine that would sit on the table. Or if you used to watch Coronation Street, you know, one that Curly Watts had. They're called a... Um, refraction telescope those because you literally you look at one end and look out the other no he got me a reflection telescope or a newtonian telescope which looks like well it looks like jodrell bank on legs it's not it's still a beginner's telescope but it it's not easy to just point and look at and so far in the time we've had it we've managed to get a kind of slightly fuzzy out of focus view of the moon uh, and that's it and i'm desperate i'm desperate to see these planets I'm desperate to see Jupiter and see its red spot and everything else. Um, and we can't get it set up. This uh, we, We've actually gone along to some astronomy night evening classes, although we've missed a few in the last couple of weeks because work's been a bit manic. Um, and through that, we've discovered so much and learned so much. So now when I stand on my front doorstep in winter, instead of just pointing out Orion, I can now see the constellation of Taurus. Now I, I'm... That's my star sign, so that's kind of quite cute to be able to do that. I can see the seven sisters with a naked eye. I can see planets, which, even though I knew you could see Venus, I didn't know you could see the others with your naked eye. And to know that like, I am looking at a planet in the sky just blows my mind. So my something I really like is sort of several things all rolled together. It is astronomy. It's being able to look up in the night sky and identify things. And it is, I have to say, I am greatly helped by an app on my phone called Skyview, um, which is great because when I was beginning to sit there and say to my husband, I think that might be Jupiter, and he goes, sure, really? And I go, yeah, I think so. I could whip out this app and point it up to the sky, and it would show the constellations and it would show the planets. So I could confirm that. But I've actually got to the point now where I can, you know, I can say confidently, right, that's Venus and that's Jupiter. And they are coming together. Um, just the photograph I took uh, the other week, they were much more at an angle, but their orbits are changing so that they're now, apparently they will cross over each other um, at some point this week, or look like they do. Obviously, they are millions of miles apart, so they don't. I discovered whilst I was at this astronomy class that actually it's not Brian Cox's gorgeous Mancunian accent that 
lulls me into this sense of going, I love listening to your voice, but I have no idea what it is you've just said. It's actually just when anybody talks to me about the numbers involved in space that I have no way of conceptualizing. <laughs> it's just because the tutor on the, on the course does this and he talks to you about these numbers and there are, the numbers are so vast that I cannot even begin to get a handle on them. And therefore my brain just goes, I'm turning off now. I'm just going to let all the noise wash over me. And so it isn't Brian Cox's necessarily so gorgeous voice that lulls me. It is just that he's talking about something that my brain cannot process. But anyway, regardless of the fact, my something I really like this week, and I've probably all just bored you into to, to sleep with it, is astronomy and looking at the planets, even without a telescope that I can work yet. One day, I'm going to be able to do it with my telescope, and then it's just going to be cool. So, until next time, I'd like to remind you that everything that I've spoken about should be on the show notes, <laughs> and that I love to hear from you. I love feedback on the show. Um, some people have very kindly gone and left iTunes reviews, which is great. Um, they've contacted me on Twitter via Twitter where I'm Tales from Plane. They've contacted me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plane. They have emailed me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com or they've left show notes on either the yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com site or the yarnsfromtheplane.blogspot.com site. Some people have also gone over and popped pins in the listeners map and I'm delighted to say we are covering four continents now Europe, Asia Australia and North America so it's great to see that hello um, Min Pickup I think you're in Thailand if I remember rightly so we've now got people in Italy and um, France and Germany and Switzerland I think in Western Europe um, and obviously a couple of people in the Netherlands. We've got some people in Scandinavia and um, a growing number in Australia. So I'm just looking now for any of my African listeners. Any of my African listeners. I know there are some people downloading the show from South Africa. Go on, stick a pin in. You know you want to. You know you want to. Go on. And I'd still, I would love if anybody who is listening in China... Um, can get through and um, has you know the, the language um, Ni Hao China, Ni Hao um, but if you have um, enough English to be able to contact me and tell me what is it what is it about episode 11 and episode 14 that you love because so many people download it in China way more numbers than any any other episode and i don't i want to know what it is anyway please at any point feel free to contact the show i'd love to hear from you until next time take care bye you've been listening to yarns from the plane show notes and links are available at the yarns from the plane show page at yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com if you'd like to contact the show you can leave a comment over there on the show page 
or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com or message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care and thanks for listening.